0: Okay, welcome into episode 18. Bears lose 24-23 to 23 to the Packers. I'm Lawrence Holmes, your dutiful host for another week, and we are going to do this throughout the season. We are going to try and break down what happened in Bears games for you and try to get it to you as quickly as possible. I just got home. I'm recording this like immediately after... The post game show on NBC Sports Chicago and had a great show today with those guys. It was really a lot of fun breaking all the stuff down and welcoming Matt Forte to the fold to be a part of our team. I think that he's going to provide a lot of cool insight that maybe we haven't even thought about having. And people are like, where's Jim? Where's Jim? Jim's on the Fox post-game show. Now, um, Corey Wooten, uh, my man Gabe Ramirez, Shay Pepler, and I wish those guys a lot of luck because I like everyone involved with that show, but I still think that our show is better, and I'm glad that our guys uh, – I like the team that I got. I really do. Like, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to watch a game with. I, I really wish I could do a better job of explaining to you – How much fun watching games is even a game like the 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 loss it was watching how the wheels turn and how those guys think about particular scenarios and games is a lot of fun for me i learn a lot of football that way so thanks for watching i do appreciate that we like to do a fun show and we're going to keep it fun and the bosses over at nbc sports chicago allow it if the show, if if the podcast sounds a little weird, I am in the basement of my house because we do not want to wake White Panther. It is not a lot of fun if you do that. So I figure, even with how loud I am, if I'm two floors away, then it should be all good, right? All right, let's get to what happened or what didn't happen. In the Bears, 24-23 to 23 loss to Green Bay up at Lambeau Field. <sighs> I'll start with the good. I've been thinking about whether I was going to start with some of the bad stuff. But let me start with the good. I thought that the Bears came out ready. They were a team that clearly game-planned well for Green Bay. I thought that... The scripted plays early on were magnificent. I thought the use of different formations to keep Green Bay off balance defensively was really smart coaching. It's clear that Nagy put a lot of time and creativity into preparing for this game. And I think that's something that if you're a Bears fan, you should be really excited about that he he has a good mind and can look at it and say okay this is how we're going to attack a team that being said he's had you know 4 months or so to prepare for this one game i'm curious what his game plan looks like next week against seattle I'm real curious about that. Given the shortened amount of time, will it look better or worse? But I thought the game plan that they came up with was, was tight. The problem was, is that once you got away from the script, once it became about in-game adjustments, I don't think the Bears did a good enough job. And that's why you had the comeback happen in the second half. I mean, the the real reason, of course, is Aaron Rodgers is the baddest man on the planet. Straight up and down. That dude is unbelievable. You're thinking you got him out of there. You got a nice lead. He's You're going to see more Deshaun Kaiser. And you're sitting there going, this is it. The Bears are, are getting ready to turn a corner as a franchise tonight because of the way they dominated Green Bay in the first half of that game. I will tell you, though, while we were sitting there watching the game, when the Bears in the red zone had to settle for three and they went up 10 nothing. I looked at Matt Forte and he said, you know, against Aaron Rodgers, you got to get, get seven. You can't settle for three. And it's so funny because the phrase that he used and the phrase that, that Alex used was step on their throat. That you have to use this as an opportunity to step on their throat. And the Bears just didn't do that. They either weren't equipped or weren't ready to step on their throat. L- let me try to again. I'm trying to stay positive because there was a lot that I you should be encouraged by a lot of the stuff that you saw, I think. That's my opinion. You, you may I know that it stings, the like the way that they lost stung. But I think that there's a lot there that you should go, "Oh, okay. Maybe this can turn into something really special." For the Bears. So. Khalil Mack. Can we talk about Khalil Mack for a minute? My God. In your wildest dreams. About this game. You can't honestly say. That in your wildest dream. About this game. That. Khalil Mack would play better. Like in my mind, I was sitting there going, okay, maybe he plays like 40 snaps and he gets a pressure and a sack. Like maybe that happens. And if that happens with the guy who just got here a week ago, that's great. And you're feeling great about where things stand and what happens. He does more than that. This dude filled up every part of the stat sheet for a defensive player. It's stupid how good he was. Think about it. He got a sack. He forced a fumble. He grown man took a ball away from another grown man. So he recovered a fumble. So give him a fumble recovery. He had an interception. He had a touchdown. He got to the quarterback. He had tackles. Everything that you would ask a defensive player to do, Khalil Mack did. And he did it within the span of a half. What was super crazy to me was watching him. On the first two plays that he plays, he gets a pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and on the next play, forces a holding call. That dude is a straight up and down ass kicker. And you could see the difference that it makes having someone like that on the field in the first half. Not that Akeem Hicks needs anyone else to help him get pressure, I felt like he should have gone to the Pro Bowl last year, and I stand by that. But you can see how different a defense looks with Khalil Mack on the field. The guy is a monster. He's an absolute monster. And that was a hell of a lot of fun. To watch the the Packers not really know what to do with him initially. And he just wreaked havoc. And again, I go back to in your wildest dreams on what Khalil Mack would look like. You didn't think it would be that. You didn't think it would be fill up all of the, the, the stats on the stat sheet for a defensive player. You thought it would be... Oh, You know, he comes in and and has a little bit of an impact. Not, he's the best defensive player on the field by a mile. And he was. Can you imagine what this guy is going to look like once he completely understands the system that Vic Fangio wants to run and his role in that system? This guy had no training camp and has been with the bears for a week. and came in and destroyed life. He was that good. And when his conditioning gets to where his ability is, he is he is so dangerous. That's a grown ass man. That's what that is. And the bears have been a defense and we talked about this when they signed him. They've been a defense that has solid players, you know, and I think Danny Trevathan's a pretty good player. I think Akeem Hicks is a pretty good player that rises to the level of Pro Bowl. And when you see a real dude, you know it. And Khalil Mack is that dude. While I'm sticking with the good, let's talk about Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, he is not known for catching the football. And he caught five passes. All five of his targets, he caught them. I give him credit. I thought he played a great game. I thought he played such a great game. It leads to a criticism of Matt Nagy and the calls that were made in the second half of the game. You have a back that's averaging five and a half yards a carry. Why not give him the ball? in third and short situations, or fourth and short situations. I thought that there were times when the play calling got real cute. Like that tight end throwback thing, after you have, you know, Howard give you five yards, then give you four yards, you're third and one. It's like, oh, well, let's try something. I thought that there was an arrogance with Nagy that I didn't like, that he was enamored with his own genius. And creativity. Oh look. I'm going to split the tackle out. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to start the game in a T formation. Because we're the Bears. I'm going to split Mitchell out wide. I love that you're giving looks. But there are certain situations. Where it's. This is you know. I write 24 lead. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. This is. 22, tail back through the two-hole, let's go. Or or you want to pull a guard? You want to have a power run play? Great. Let's do that. But instead of while they did a great job of attacking the Packers on multiple fronts, they were doing it vertically and horizontally, that when they just needed to do it vertically – they they were confusing themselves. You just need a yard. Then go get the yard. Trust Jordan Howard to get you the yard in some of those situations. And when they went three and out, so they go up 20 to nothing, and then the Packers end up getting a field goal, and then there's a three and out. And you go, oh, I think that's when I started to feel it. Maybe you started to feel it then, too. When it was 20-10, to 10, and you're looking at the clock, and you're like, ooh, there's still way too much time left in this game, and the Bears could use a couple of sustained drives. Now, towards the end of the game, we saw the Bears get a sustained drive and not finish it, and it's something that's going to haunt them, and Mitchell Trubisky was talking about that in post game that we've got to learn how to finish some of those drives. And they did a good job. I mean, they really did melt down the clock, and they picked up some first downs. But but they had given Aaron Rodgers enough time that he was going to make magic. And I was really impressed with, and I'm not the biggest Mike McCarthy guy. I, I'm just... I'm just not. I just. I don't think he's great. I thought he and his staff had a great second half on Sunday night. Now, it's probably a byproduct of Aaron Rodgers being hurt and limited. But they understood that he was limited. And what did they do? They said, okay, let's get the ball out quick. Let's stop messing around. We're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to go into some hurry-up situations. Aaron Rodgers barely moved in the pocket. The Bears' pass rush was more effective against him when he was mobile than when he wasn't. And that's a shame. It really is. They tired the Bears out. They put them in bad mismatches. You throw in a couple of injuries here and there, and you have different personnel on the field. And you you get a loss. That's what you end up getting. But the dude is a ma like Aaron Rodgers is amazing. I know it hurts you to hear it, but he's amazing. Watching him ball out like that is something that we should cherish, even though it usually comes at the uh expense of the Bears. Was he seven and one now? In his last eight. <laughs> You're sitting there going. This is going to be great. The Bears are going to beat up. It'll be just like when Shane McClellan knocked him out. They're going to beat up the Packers. And come home 1-0. and Under a new coach. Man that would have felt good. It would have felt real good. But the way that this one. It feels terrible. It feels terrible. Because you got a glimpse of. You got a glimpse and you're going, oh, this is what it could be. And then the second half just absolutely snowballs and nothing looked right. You still had high snaps from Cody Whitehair, which from play to play, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but. I can't imagine that they're happy with the way he's snapping the ball. If you're running plays that the timing of it, you know, where he back steps, how they read, if they're doing a, a run pass option play, what Mitchell is looking at. And the first step, the running back is kind of looking back. We're like, did the QB get the ball? It's going to throw stuff off. So that's something that they've got to, They've got to fix like I feel like that's the only weakness in Cody Whitehair's game, but it's a significant one. If you're going to spend a lot of time in shotgun or pistol, you've got to have a running back who's going to be able to get the the center who's going to be able to get the ball to the quarterback. So that was disappointing and I just thought it was a little too cute. It's just a little too cute too smart by a half. And when problems started to arise in the second half, the Bears didn't have any significant answers. One of the ways that you can take Khalil Mack out of the game was, at least at this point when his conditioning is not quite where I'm sure it'll be in a few weeks, is by running a hurry-up offense, by getting the ball out quickly, make him less effective as a pass rusher because the ball's already gone. Now you got to have him out there trailing, and then some of the breakdowns that they had, the Randall Cobb thing, is disappointing. And I, I, Alex Brown like is a big hustle dude. Like he's into, are you hustling enough? And on the Randall Cobb, if you go back and look at it, Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd are busting their humps, getting down the field, trying to make a play. On Randall Cobb. To stop him from scoring. Maybe strip the ball. Go watch it again. Khalil Mack outruns Kyle Fuller. That's not good. That's not good. He's going to be disappointed. There's a couple things that Kyle's going to be disappointed with. The The touchdown Allison. I, I got no beef with. That's just a perfect throw. There, there's... I got no beef with that, but the almost pick six that he had is going to haunt him because the game's over at that point. You, you can be done. Like you can, you can end it with, with just the interception. It doesn't even have to even be the pick six. You can end it with the interception and he didn't. And it stings. It stings a lot, but the, the, what looked like a lack of effort was heartbreaking. We'll see if they can get it corrected. You know, Matt Nagy said all the right things for the most part in the post game about trying to learn from this and figure it all out. But man, did it, it felt rotten. It felt like <laughs> what's really weird about this loss is that it went from being like the highest of highs to the lowest of lows and because most people could see it coming you've seen that movie before you've seen that guy do that and you're hoping that it doesn't happen to the new coach and you're hoping that it doesn't it happens to the 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 new quarterback or i mean a kind of new quarterback but it did this is Mitchell's first start in Lambeau field That's going to be a horrible memory for him. Let's see. What else was, I I was surprised that Trey Burton didn't do more because I've been on the Trey Burton bandwagon as a lot of people have six targets, one catch for him, a positive Allen Robinson looked pretty good. It looked like I don't, he didn't look like he had great burst, but he's got a nice catching radius and. He he is going to get the ball. If it's a matter of you or him getting the ball, he's going to get it. So, four catches for him for 61 yards. Burton, six targets, one catch for 15 yards for him. Jordan Howard with five catches on five targets. Taylor Gabriel with five catches for uh, for five targets for 25 yards. And there was, there was a lot of good. Like, I don't want you to walk away from this podcast thinking that there isn't some stuff to build on. But I would also tell you that there were some things that should give you a little bit of pause. And that it's not, you shouldn't just let Matt Nagy have your affection because of what you saw in the first half. That the second half painted a picture too. And it painted a picture of a coach that wasn't as good as the other coach was with adjusting to the game. Granted, that coach had Aaron Rodgers, but still, the Bears had a 20-point lead that just kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking until you looked up, and as they were settling for field goals in the second half, Aaron Rodgers was cutting your heart out. And that's what he's, he does. That's what he is paid to do, and he does it well. Oh, Roquan Smith got into the game for a little bit. I thought it was weird that he didn't get get into the game until Danny Trevathan got hurt. I'm not sure what that means or if it means anything other than maybe he wasn't quite ready. But there were times when Nick Kwiatkowski looked unprepared to handle Packers receivers in coverage. And I would have preferred to see Smith and when he did get out there, he, he you know they had him blitzing a lot, which I thought was kind of cool. It, it makes it easier for him to get involved in the game, and I thought that he did that. Tariq Cohen is still a lot of fun, and he's going to make a whole bunch of plays throughout the season. But it did seem like he was lined up in the wrong spots a couple of times. I, I'd like to check that before I damn him with that, but it did seem that way. But still, I think there was more good than bad. It's just that the bad was so significant because it was a comeback, and it was Aaron Rodgers, and it was the Packers. We'll see what they do against Seattle next week. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks to Melly Cafe, Melly Cafe is back on board as one of our sponsors of the podcast. Go check them out; they got three great locations. Go to the Greek Town location. Go check them out, Jackson Hallstead. They get the freshly squeezed juice; they're really, really great. And all the guests on the podcast. Get Melly Cafe gift cards. A new episode of House of L will drop on Wednesday. It'll be a sit down with Michael Kim, formerly of ESPN, now of Stadium Network. And I'll have more stuff on the score Monday night, 6 o'clock. We'll get it cracking and we'll do what we do all the time during football season. I appreciate you uh, being with me and hanging out with me. And being supportive of the podcast, I wish that tonight would have been better, but at least it was entertaining? Question mark. Thanks for watching the postgame, too, on NBC Sports Chicago. I have a lot of fun with those guys, and and we try to put on an entertaining show, and I think it's going to be entertaining throughout the, the rest of the season. We'll keep doing this as much as you guys want. We'll, we'll come back after next week's game and break it down too. But that's my initial reaction to what I saw on the field from the Bears on Sunday Night Football, and we'll see if they learn from it. Thanks for listening. See you on Wednesday.